just kind of make some mistakes every now and then and fall short. That's not these people. These people couldn't care less about trying to do the right thing. Um, They were people who had rejected the traditional way of living and traditional morality and rules. But these people were coming to Jesus. Lots of them were. And Jesus accepted them. He talked to them and showed them that he cared for them. He didn't just preach at them. And when they invited him to their homes for a meal, he went. And this did not make the other religious leaders of Jesus' time uh, very happy. Their response to this behavior is given in in, uh, Luke 15, verse 2, where it says, But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Now, we can guess some of the things that they were thinking. They were probably thinking something like, these kinds of people never come to our services. They never come to hear us preach. So Jesus must be telling them what they want to hear rather than telling them the truth like we do. In another place in the Bible, Jesus summarizes their criticism of him. He says, the Son of Man, and that's, that's Jesus' way of referring to himself, the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And that accusation shows that what they think is that they think Jesus spends time with your unreligious and the rebels because he is one of them. And he's out with them enjoying his drink. And then in Luke 15, when Jesus hears this criticism again, he responds to this in a way that Jesus often responded to, uh, to things like this, uh, he told some stories. And in Luke 15, he tells three stories. Um, he, uh, and in each of these stories, there's uh, things that get lost, and then they're found. And uh, in the first story is about a lost sheep. And then there's a story about a lost coin. And in the third story, the one we're going to talk about today, in, in this story, Jesus starts by introducing us to a man. And this man has two grown sons. And, um, and he is an important man in his community. He owns farms and land and flocks and, and herds and sheep and, and cattle and all these things. And he has quite a few servants who work for him. So he's a, a, a wealthy man in the community. And, and then the younger of the two sons in the story comes to the father with a request. And it's not a good request. He wants his father to give him his share of the inheritance now. Now, why would a son ask for something like that? Well, it seems that this son's relationship with his father was like this. He he was willing to live in his house and be a good son for just one reason, so that someday he could get the father's money. But as he grew up, he decided he didn't really like that arrangement. Why should he have to live under his father's rules and authority in order to get the money? Why not just ask for it now? It would be his someday, so why not today? In essence, what he was saying to his father was, look, since it doesn't look like you're going to die anytime soon, why don't we just behave as if you're already dead? And then I can go off and and live on my own, give me my inheritance now, and then I don't have to stay here and live with you any longer. So how do you think the father felt when he heard that request? No doubt the father was insulted and hurt by his son. 
but he granted the request. He divided up his property, and he gave the young son what he asked for. So a short time later, the young man sells off all the land and cattle that his father had given him, liquidates all his assets, takes the cash, heads off on his own to a place far away from his father. And now that he's free from his father's rules, he decides to enjoy himself a little. He's got a lot of money. He's far from home. Time to hit the clubs. Jesus puts it like this. He says, he squandered his wealth in wild living. And you can use your imagination as to exactly what that is. But anyway, pretty soon, his money runs out. He needs a job. But he's got no connections in this place, no friends. The economy is bad. So he gets a job feeding some pigs. But the pay as a pig feeder is so low that he can't even afford to feed himself. And pretty soon, one day, he's, he's carrying a bucket of pig slop. And he looks down and he's like, you know, maybe there's some good stuff in there that I could eat myself. And at this point, Jesus says he comes to his senses. And he remembers home. And he thinks, my father pays his servants a lot better than this. I know that I'm no longer worthy to be called his son. But even though I've treated him shamefully, maybe if I confess my sins to him and I beg him, he'll give me a job on his farm. And so the younger brother goes home. And as he came to the edge of the town, he's still a long way off from the father's house. The father sees him coming. And what does the father do when he sees his son coming? When he sees his son that he loves coming back to him, he runs out to meet him. Now, in this kind of a culture, uh, children run Young men might run in some kind of... But the the older men, the the father, the owner of the land does not run. But this father, he doesn't care about proper social behavior. His son has come back. He runs out and meets him. And when he reaches him, he throws his arms around him and he kisses him. And then the son is, I'm sure, a bit surprised by his father behaving this way. But still, he starts into his speech that he's been practicing, and he, and he wants to ask his father to, to give him a job. So he says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But that's as far as he gets. Because at that point, the father interrupts him and calls out to the servants. He says, Quick! Bring me the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And then the father calls for a feast of celebration. He orders his servants to cook up not just a small goat, but a whole cow. And not just any cow, but the the one that has been given special feed and, and special treatment in order to fatten him up for a special occasion. He says, slaughter that cow. This is going to be a major celebration. The father puts it like this. He says, This son of mine who was dead is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so the feast starts. Great food, good music, dancing, a real celebration. And I like to think that the younger son here now found some real pleasure in his father's house that he was looking for 
in all those wild parties that left him bankrupt and depressed. So what's Jesus trying to say by telling this story? This is the story of the tax collectors and the sinners. They'd rejected God and religion, just as the young son had rejected his father. They had insulted God and refused his control over their lives. They wanted to make their own rules and enjoy life on their own terms. Let no one tell them what was right and wrong. And there are many younger brothers in our world today. They're living life for themselves and for their own pleasures. Now, many are not as extreme as this guy. You know, this is kind of an exaggerated version of the story. But, but still, a lot of people are following the same basic idea of rejecting God, rejecting tradition and religion in an effort to enjoy life in their own way. And many sin greatly in this and are no longer worthy to be called the children of God. And Jesus' story tells us that God is not only willing, but eager to welcome back and to forgive even those who have insulted him and offended him by their sins. Remember how the father in the story spotted the son while he's still some distance from the house? He must have been watching and waiting for the young man to come back. And when he saw him, he ran out to meet him. This story shows us that God is not interested in our efforts to make ourselves worthy of being his children. When we come back to him and confess our sins, he forgives us, not because we are worthy of forgiveness, but because he loves us. So if if you're living your life as a younger brother, and you're rejecting God's authority over you and living for your own pleasure, God is eager to have you back. He's ready to forgive you and to celebrate your return. Now, there's three different ways that people can relate to this story. There's a lot of people who are, who are here this morning um, who are in the place of the younger brother, They're rejecting God's authority in their lives. They're living by their own rules. They're doing things their own way. And they need to come to their senses, as the young man in the story did. And they need to understand their need to come back to God. They need to experience the love of God and his eagerness to embrace them as his beloved children. But many of us here have already experienced all of this. And for us, we can look back on this and remember the experience of coming back to God and, uh, and how we were rebels against God and we repented. We've experienced God's love and forgiveness. And that's the second way to relate to the story is as a cherished reminder of the love and forgiveness that God has given to us. But there's also a third way to relate to this story. And that's as the other character in Jesus' story here, the older brother. And the rest of the story is about the older brother and his relationship with the father. Um, Most of us have probably heard 
this part that we've talked about so far, it's a pretty familiar story of Jesus, but uh, the story of the older brother is a lot less commonly talked about and, and, and not as well known. But, um, but do you remember how the story started? What was the setting of this whole thing? The father had two sons, and the rest of the story is about the older brother. And, and why did Jesus tell the story? It's because the religious people in his day were upset that he was welcoming and, and accepting sinful people. And so Jesus told this story to tell the religious people something. He was really trying to communicate with them in this story. And, and one of the points he's making to them is that God loves and welcomes sinners. And if they do not, then they're out of step with God. But there's another thing. The character that represents the Pharisees and the teachers of the law of Jesus' day is the older brother. And part two of the story is about that son and his relationship with his father. And it's here that Jesus makes what's actually the main point of the story is in this second half. Um, in, this, in Jesus' story, when the young man returned home to the father's welcome, his brother wasn't there. His brother was out working in the family's farmland. And at the end of the day, when he came home after a hard day's work out in the hot sun, he can hear the party from quite a distance away. And so he calls one of the servants over and he says, uh, what's going on? And he says, oh, your brother has come back and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has, has him back safe and sound. And the older brother responds in a very different manner than the way that the father did. He is not overjoyed that his brother has returned. He is angry. And he refuses to go in and join the celebration. Instead, he stands outside the door, publicly refusing to participate. Think anybody's going to notice? What kind of message is this sending to the community? The younger brother had insulted his father and brought shame on him by his rebellion. Now the older brother, too, insults his father and brings shame on him by rebelling against him. He stands outside the door, declaring his disagreement and displeasure with the father's actions. And again, the father responds with love and grace. He goes out to the son and pleads with him to come in. And now the older brother, in his anger, reveals that he is just as lost as the younger brother ever was, just in a very different way. Here's what he says to his father. It's uh, Luke 15, 29. He says, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never even gave me a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. Now at the beginning of his story, we saw that the younger brother was only interested in the father for the economic benefits that he could get from him. 
When he got his share of the father's things, he was no longer had any desire for a relationship with the father. Now we see that the older son was also only interested in the father's things and not in the father himself. Why was he so angry? Because the father had killed the fatted calf for his brother. And he'd never even been given a goat. The younger brother had already received his share of the father's estate, right? So who did the fattened calf actually belong to? Well, the older brother saw it as his by rights. Everything that the father had was his. And now the father was wasting what ought to go to him. The older brother says that he's been slaving for his father all these years and has never disobeyed him. Why did he do this? He was not serving out of love for his father. He was slaving for the father. His goal was to get the father's things. He never disobeyed his father, not because he respected the father, but because he planned to gain from it in the end. Now, when he sees that his brother, who did not stay faithful to their father, is receiving good things from their father, even more than he had ever received, his whole reason for serving, his whole way of seeing the world and his relationship with his father is destroyed. This is unfair. I deserve to share of my father's wealth that I'm going to get, but this guy, this sinner, he deserves nothing. So Jesus' story reveals two ways of being separated from the father. The younger brother, obviously, he rebelled in open ways, obvious for everyone to see. Yet the older brother was also rebelling against his father. Not in his sinful actions, but in his sinful attitude and motivation. He stayed with the father, serving him. He never disobeyed. And yet at the end of the story, the younger brother is in the father's house enjoying the love of the father, while the older brother is outside with his father still pleading for him to come in. Why does the older brother refuse to come into the father's house and enjoy the love of the father? The reason that he gives is because I have never disobeyed you. I've never disobeyed you. The older brother is not reconciled with his father, not because of his many sins, but because of his righteous deeds. His goodness has blinded him to his need for forgiveness. Yet his attitude toward his father is just as sinful in its own way as the wild living of his brother. In fact, one of the messages of Jesus' story here is that being an older brother religious person with good moral standards but a wrong spirit who serves God for what he can get is actually worse than being a younger brother in rebelliousness. How is it worse? Well, because in Jesus' story, the younger brother comes to his senses and realizes his need for sin and repentance. The older brother does not. In his own eyes, he doesn't need to repent. 
And so the very thing that would bring about a right relationship with the Father is something that he will not do. And so at the end of the story, the younger brother has been restored to right relationship with the Father, while the older brother is still standing outside. But Jesus doesn't leave the older brother with no hope. In fact, the final word of the story is the father making a second appeal for his son to come in and enjoy the feast. But Jesus doesn't tell us how the son responds to that appeal. If you remember again, the the original purpose of the story, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. They are opposed to Jesus and his message of God's love and forgiveness. They believed in a God of rules. They believed that they were God's people because they kept the rules. They, uh, their, their careful religious behavior in their minds made them worthy of God's acceptance and blessing. In fact, God owed it to them. It was a transaction for them. In their minds, they had lived for him, though actually they were only serving God for their own benefits. And Jesus is saying that a person can be religious, that is, they can go to church every week, maybe even helping with set up and, 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 and putting up chairs and stuff, and, and still be lost. Jesus is saying that a person can be outwardly good, don't drink, smoke, cuss, don't laugh at dirty jokes, dress properly, stay home and play Scrabble on Friday nights, even give a strict tithe to the church, and still be lost. Jesus doesn't tell this story only to show them their problem. Though the story does that, he also tells it as an appeal for them to change their hearts, admit their sin, and be reconciled to God. Jesus leaves the end of the story open. Will the Pharisees accept Jesus' correction? Or will they continue in their religious, moral opposition to God? Jesus leaves it open for them to respond. The story is an appeal for those guys to change. Now, I I think there's probably some some younger brothers here with us today. There are probably uh, also some older brothers here today. Are you slaving for God so that you'll get something from him in the end? Do you feel that your righteous life deserves to be rewarded by God? Do you feel that when God doesn't give you the good life that you deserve, that you're being mistreated? You may have some older brother in you if you feel that way. And if you do, I appeal to you. In fact, Jesus appeals to you through this story. Don't condone that attitude and disregard the warnings of Jesus from this story. If that attitude is allowed to grow in you and to come to be your dominant attitude, you'll find yourself in the end outside the Father's house, outside the Father's joy. In part one of the story, Jesus tells us about how God accepts the unreligious, the wild living younger brothers. There's no one who has sinned beyond God's forgiveness. He's eager to welcome back the worst sinners. And in part two, Jesus shows that a person who is religiously observant and follows a strict moral code can still be separated from God. 
he appeals to those people too to accept God's invitation to come in and participate in his love. And I encourage you to consider where you are in this story. Are you a younger brother who has not yet come to his senses and sought forgiveness from God? Today can be that day. If you remember the time when you were a younger brother and you've returned to the Father and experienced his love and forgiveness, I encourage you to do everything you can to help others to come to that same point and have that same experience. And if you suspect that you may be an elder brother, it's time to abandon your feelings of spiritual superiority and entitlement. Confess your sins to God and receive his forgiveness and be welcomed into God's joy.